0: In 1996, a Washington man placed an unusual 911 call. The startled Kitsap Peninsula resident claimed there was an unidentified creature in his backyard. The following audio recording is the actual conversation that took place between the 911 operator and the caller that night.
1: He said, whatever it was, I'm not uh, here to through the window am I don't see anything. I don't want to go outside. He says, Christ, you're See him? Hello? Get somebody out there. What's going on now, sir? That son of a bitch is about six foot nine. I don't know. You see him now, sir? Yes, I'm over my head. Uh oh. Okay, hang on. He's right. You see him, you're sir? Yeah, he's gone. He's big. Okay, what's he seeing, in your yard? Is it looking big? The guy is on foot. I don't know what he is he a big real big person, that's all I can say. Okay, it is a, it is a person. Yeah, it was a person somebody real big. But he's all on back. is he a black male or a white male? Do you actually see what it or he wearing black? He's all black and big. He is big.
0: First responders were sent to the area, but were unable to locate the alleged suspect. Are you ready for this? Hello, hello, and welcome to the Pinky Pod mini pod. And because it's a mini pod, you get a little bit shorter. So are you ready for this? Do you have an idea what it's about? I'm not even sure what I'm going to title this little episode, but maybe I've already spoiled it. I'll try not to. So I went to Reddit for this because Reddit always has the deep dives, (laughs) some crazy stuff, right? into the Unresolved Mysteries section and this was a post that was done about three years ago by Badly Drawn Girl, G-R-R-L, in the Cryptid section, so you probably know what this is, titled The Kitsap Washington Backyard Bigfoot 911 Call. So what I played you was indeed 100% the actual phone call. So, let's just read what she says here. A few people suggested I do a write-up of this particular incident and recording of a panicked gentleman calling emergency services after witnessing someone or some thing crawling around his suburban Pacific Northwest home. And she says, this is my first new topic post, so I hope I did this right. Yes, honey, you did it right. Summarizing this thing wasn't that easy. There's hardly any concrete information out there about either the call or the circumstances surrounding it. And almost all of it comes from various paranormal or cryptozoology related websites. But the references I was able to find did seem to suggest that this was at least a real 911 call. And it really happened and that local authorities did actually respond to the location. I want to interject here that the YouTube video, which she had also linked, does show a visual of like fire you know people responding i assume that's the guy's house it looks like an overhead shot though 196. 1996 uh, maybe they just took that from somewhere else for it to look dramatic because some of the visuals in that while i was reading it to you um were not from they were compiled from something else i think so take that for what you will you can find that on YouTube if you look up the um, Kitsap, Washington, Bigfoot 911 call. Anyway, the call itself, though, is, is legit. And the basic details of the incident were verified and included on a CD audio compilation released by Ron Moorhead, one of their preeminent Bigfoot Sasquatch researchers in North America. Here's what we do know about this 1996 recording, which she notes some sources erroneously reported as 1990, which you can listen to here. And I followed that link. She transcribed the dialogue in the original comment, and there's a link here for that, which uh, if we don't go too long here, maybe I'll click on that. If I don't lose my place, I think you could hear it pretty well though. Yeah. But just in case. So the incident took place on a homeowner's property in Kitsap County, Washington, which is located on the same named peninsula to the west of Bainbridge Island and Puget Sound. So it's only about 40 miles from me here in Seattle, but you usually take a ferry. You can drive around, but the ferry can be quicker from downtown. So as she says, Kitsap is itself relatively quiet, rural collection of small town island communities blanketed in evergreens and threaded along a labyrinth of inlets and other waterways. According to the local tourism board, it's natural rugged beauty makes it a popular destination for outdoorsy types. And despite their proximity to the big city, residents don't seem altogether unused to the occasional run-in with strange woodland things. And I'm going to interject again. I'll do that a lot because I live around here. Um, Yeah. There's still plenty of wilderness out there as well as over in the mountains and everywhere else. And it's a popular place to go. I love going out there. There's places like Port Townsend, which is very Victorian. And if you remember one of my other episodes, there's a hotel there. I stayed at that. I told you a ghost story about it. Water street hotel room 10, totally haunted. Okay. I love those callbacks. So. She goes on to say here, Ann Rivers, a representative from the state's southern 18th district, sponsored SB 5816 earlier this year. Now, this is three years ago, so 2018. Which, if this was adopted, would designate Sasquatch as the official cryptid or crypto animal of Washington. Um, I think... If I'm not mistaken, I think that did pass. I feel like I just heard something about that the other day. So how cool is that? That's like our state dude, the Sasquatch. So the recording begins with the agitated homeowner, who's never been publicly identified, by the way, but he was interviewed by Ron Moorhead several years after the incident, requesting police assistance after spotting this potential intruder lurking around the edge of his property. He states he was alerted to its presence by a motion-activated floodlight and you'll note that just the other day he says his dog was killed by an unknown predator, as the call progresses, he's clearly reluctant to characterize the figure as non-human, and I notice that too. He kind of keeps hesitating, but he could just be freaking out right. who knows, But as she writes here, probably for good reason, most cryptid sightings are dismissed out of hand by law enforcement. And the individuals who report them are written off as conspiracy theorists or drunks or both. In many of the well-known Bigfoot calls, the respondent is often obviously intoxicated. And she, in parentheses, I'm thinking in particular of that semi-funny, semi-creepy, wholly entertaining tape for North Carolina, which seems to have taken place halfway through a bottle of wild turkey. You know, that's linked there. I'm going to have to go listen to that. <laughs> So, this person clearly worries he'll be painted with the same brush, is what she thinks. He is very careful to avoid explicitly suggesting that the figure is any way unnatural, instead, describing its immense size and its coloration without actually referring to it as Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Now, she had apparently made some original comments about this in some other thread before, because she says, as noted in my original comment, there is also another tape which takes place, oh, that's linked as well, uh, which takes place a couple weeks prior to this supposed sighting, this phone call, and it picks up at the beginning of this whole ordeal. In the short clip, the beleaguered resident calls into Kitsap 911 to report some strange going ons around the wooded property surrounding the house. And in this one is when he says, "'Something just killed my dog,' he states, "'clearly rattled, and my dog went flying through the air "'over the trees. I don't know how it did it.'" Now, this is a male dispatcher he's talking to who initially reacts to the man's story with, of course, a skeptical underwhelm. mm As one is wont to do upon hearing that a forest-dwelling mega-hominid has just slaughtered a neighborhood pet and then tossed its lifeless body back over the trees like a frisbee. According to Moorhead, the dog was thrown about 35 feet over a nine-foot fence. So the caller, too, seems acutely aware of the apparent ridiculousness of his story and sighs worriedly, damn it, I'm really confused. So the general consensus on what she calls skepti-reddit, the skeptics, is that the unidentified predator was a bear most likely Ursus Americanus, or the common black bear, which we do have around here, very frequently spotted in the Pacific Northwest. There are a handful of counter-arguments against the bear theory, and a few people have suggested alternate theories, which she will summarize here. It was a black bear walking on its hind legs, which is really the same theory, yeah? This is the most popular explanation, seems to cover most of the bases, from the dead dog to the physical description, and the geographic region does match, for the most part wild bears are naturally shy but will come onto a human's property in search of food and will feel attacked if they feel will attack if they feel threatened and presumably you know the dog might have barking so that could be why now this caller had estimated the creature's size to be around six foot nine a black bear on its hind legs can stand anywhere from six to eight feet high so an 81 inch bear would be a little bit larger for its species It's unusual for them to spend extended length of time ambulating on two legs instead of four, but some Redditors have pointed out that the occasional mutation or injury can cause them to adopt abnormal postures, which can turn itself into some creepy internet videos. There's also a link there. I just want to click all the links now. Now, the most compelling argument against the black bear, as the mystery creature appears to be geography, like the compelling argument against, sorry. According to someone, she's linked here, another user, as per the Department of Natural Resources, the closest population of Washington state black bears to Kitsap is located in the Northern Cascades, in the Okanogan Highlands, which is near the Canadian border, which, because I can tell you that I've been there, that wouldn't really be that close as it sounds. That's Approximately one hundred and eighty miles from the peninsula, where this caller lives, because Kitsap is separated by the mainland from the mainland by Puget Sound, it's surprising though not impossible that a bear that a bear would travel that distance, especially skirting the densely populated Seattle metro area and either you know swimming or heading even further south and circumventing the sound to get there because I told you you can drive around so I would assume they could also walk around. But when I drive around it involves the Tacoma's narrow bridge because you still go over water. So I don't know. Maybe they like to hump on over the bridge, eh? Uh, They do inhabit a wide range of territory that might move according to food supply but she says here, I have yet to find any definitive examples of black bears migrating any further than a couple dozen kilometers. Another theory, it was a person and that's pretty straightforward. Um, It's more or less the only credible, non-paranormal explanation that doesn't require a belief in cryptozoology. The weak spot here to her is the caller himself or more specifically his tone of voice, choice of words, and the credibility as a witness unlike the North Carolina caller that they mentioned might've been drunk. He seems lucid and his reaction to the situation is consistent with someone who has genuinely encountered something that is not only decidedly alien. Now I'm interrupting. I don't know about that. He could have just been freaked out, but he definitely sounded exasperated to me. Um, and also threatening. He does sound threatened. So sure. Everything is 10 times scarier at night but someone accustomed to living in the Pacific Northwest should be able to recognize a species of animal that is native to the area, even in the dark. I'm interjecting again. I don't know how long this person lived there. I don't know what they knew about our wildlife. They might not be able to do that. Okay. Um, no offense to the person posting here, but I don't know if I would recognize a bear in a dark, even though I know what they look like, especially if you're freaking out, you know, and you, who knows how bright it was. So anyway, And she notes, we don't have any details about the man's history or occupation. And she conjectures that he seems to know for certain that it is not a black bear, which I guess I can go with that because he does not say it's a bear. And he's not calling 911 going, there's a bear in my yard. So, and she kind of digresses here a little. I wanted to mention this recording of a similar 911 call, also linked that took place over 2,000 miles away in San Antonio less than a decade ago, so that would be about 2008, which is handy since the Kitsap call is now 20 years old, over 20 years old. Da 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 da. So some Texas-based cryptozoologists managed to track down this caller and get some intriguing first-hand details out of her. Uh, the person here thinks that it's intriguing to compare the incidents, which share key elements and convey a, a primeval sense of disgust and vague horror that seems to characterize these Bigfoot-Sasquatch encounters. So back in 2009, transient couple rang emergency services from a pay phone on the outskirts of town, this is the Texas one, requesting animal control and reporting that a large, hair-covered, upright creature had come crashing through the undergrowth and stumbled across their campsite in the woods. When it spotted the man and woman, it fled towards a clearing she claimed it gave off an extremely unpleasant odor you know if you're into bigfoot you know what that is and as it ran it apparently picked up a deer carcass from the side of the road i just just happened to be laying there which which can happen by the way but still and let out an unearthly screech or howl before shambling off with the roadkill ah roadkill That's what I was referencing, by the way. Like, yeah, that totally happens. Based on the height of a nearby clothesline, which is about five feet off the ground, she estimated the creature was at least seven or eight feet tall and appeared to be bipedal. During the call, she and her husband emphasized the fact that it continued to run on two feet, even while it was carrying the carcass. It picked up that deer like it was nothing and tucked it under its arm like a football, the man recalled. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I'm just picturing the deer shifted like a football. I'm Okay. But, uh, you know, good description. What this particular call shares with the Kitsap recording, aside from the descriptions themselves, which that's not what the guy in, in Kitsap really said, but okay, whatever, is the highly realistic emotional effect, which, yes, I agree, I'll agree. And that's more significant to me than it possibly should be, she says just because you can't fake that kind of thing with costumes or props. Uh, she's referencing you can't fake being emotional. I don't know about that, but I do think that the call is genuine. Um, she says there's audible conflict in their voices and conjectures. You know, A lot of this is conjecture, there, but it's, I agree. There's audible conflict, and then she says, as they grapple with their internal skeptic, while simultaneously having to confront the fact that they saw what they saw. Now I haven't listened to the Texas one yet, but like the Kitsap caller, the couple are feel fearful of actually admitting out loud their honest impressions of the creature. The husband mutters bullshit when his wife carefully suggests that maybe it could be a large cat or bear. Uh, wait, 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 (laughs) a large cat, a large cat. Running up on its hind legs with a deer tucked under its arm like a fucking football. (laughs) Uh, Oh my God. We're going to have to click on this and listen to it. Aren't we? This is going to maybe end up a slightly longer episode, but Hey, are we having fun? I'm having fun. This is hilarious in some senses to me, a cat. Anyway, I'll continue reading here. One suspects that it must have been something entirely unusual for them to have felt sufficiently scared that they risked calling the police in the first place. So the individual who interviewed the San Antonio couple conceded that during their conversation, the wife became really worked up and went off on some tangents that raised some red flags. Apparently she was wary of authorities, which is maybe understandable because she was homeless and technically camping illegally and believed that the government had been staking out the area in an attempt to flush out the creature via sound waves, and also claimed that she was capable of sensing the creature, like maybe telepathically. A pronouncement the author found troubling, lol. But, he claims, the practical elements of her story seemed convincing enough to at least conclude that the couple did see something out in the trees... And it may be relevant to note that, like the Kitsap encounter, it was nighttime when the sighting occurred, and the woman states that, I just want somebody to maybe check it out in the morning when it's not dark. Like she's she's even scared for anybody to come. On the other hand, unlike in Washington, black bears are very rarely spotted in Texas. By the 1950s, they'd actually been eradicated entirely from the state, and only in recent years, they've begun to reappear. So, la, 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 la. She says, I'll try to wrap this up since there's a lifetime's worth of Bigfoot-related material out there on the web, and this could go for days. But what strikes me as the deciding factor in the above two cases isn't really the physical description of the creature, it's the credibility of the witnesses. Because whether we accept the former is dependent on on the latter. I'm not going to read the rest because I'm kind of like, okay, I got to go back to this Texas phone call. And okay, I know that just because the woman was like, "Well, I'm sensing them telepathically," and da 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 da, doesn't mean that she's lying. Okay, I know it doesn't mean that she's lying, but kind of like really, you think that's credible? Oh crap! I lost it. I was trying to. Okay, there we go. We need to hear this, don't we? I mean, I think we need to hear this. So.
2: I don't want police, fire, or EMS. I'm not real sure, ma'am. Um, I just watched the biggest crit the it, it, it critter, but it it smelled real bad. I'm a homeless female. I live right in the middle of the woods, around 151 to the north of around 1604, where the light is. Uh-huh. This big thing was 75 feet away from me. Smells awful. Devoured a whole deer carcass and then took off and like screamed, screeched, and took off across the street. And I know you guys are gonna think I'm crazy, but I'm dead serious. There was something very big, bigger, a lot bigger than me, <laughs> out here. So just thought somebody should know. Really okay. don't know what you can do about it. Uh, yeah. How long ago did this happen? This is um, I want like immediately like I just yeah I don't know it's animal control I mean it's okay again now tell me where was it this is at 151 at Calabra okay yeah like you know the light at 151 just up from Calabra on 16 like on 1604 or 1604 split and you can get off on access Road to Calabra or you can take one fifty one right at light. Right there is yes, right in there. It is a very large, hairy animal of some kind. <laughs> now, was it standing on uh, two or four? Well, I told you it was standing on two legs. You're gonna think I'm crazy, but I'm serious. It ran off, a breaking limbs and trees, and it kind of screeched howls and it's a very creepy, scary thing because, like I said, I, I live in a tent um, here in the woods, so i never... In a tent? Yes, ma'am. I'm a homeless female. I live in a tent in the woods, <laughs> and I just saw this freaky, scary, very large creature devour a here and run off across the road. So, uh, I don't okay, know. Is there any way that we can have an officer contact you? Uh, yeah, I guess it's his number, um, that i really consider, like, animal control or somebody bigger than me, like, I appreciate it. I just thought somebody should know that there's a very large animal in the vicinity. Now, the deer was walking around and, you know, the deer was dead <laughs> and it got devoured. Yeah. It was a carcass. Okay, and do you see signs of, of dead blood whatever. Um, actually, um, uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna go check it out right at the moment. <laughs> <Is> that okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm waiting for daylight. I got, I don't own anything but a machete and a hatchet, so I'm kind of creeped out. I just thought, like I said, I thought somebody should know there's a very large something big enough to eat. As deer and as a Are predator. There? Uh, yes, ma'am. Did they see it too? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. How, how about if I had also cut contact you guys out there? Um, I'm not gonna leave my camp right at the moment. I mean I if they wanna come look at the light. She wants an officer to meet us. Oh yeah, too. We're not leaving where we're at.
0: He said well, like I'm hell to
2: say. I'm a little bit scared and it's raining and um, I just want somebody to maybe check it out in the morning when it's not dark. I can't. What I can do right now is I can have an also patrol that area. Which direction did it run? It ran across the light at 151, like towards the water tower on two feet. I can't
0: understand the guy.
2: Something
0: very weird. But he's talking in the background. the
2: documentation and have the control. Had you ever no, seen it? or heard anything like mm-hmm. this before? No, ma'am. No, I've lived in the woods for a while. I've lived in the woods for six years. I'm going to tell you right now, I've lived in the woods for six years. I swear to God, I've never seen nothing like this. There's so no. bigger than me. And it, it had a very mm. odd smell. Yeah. I'm 6'3". I'm 6'3".
0: I'm not going
2: to tell you what I think it is. What does he think it is? What do you think it is?
0: I think he said he had big feet. Hmm.
2: Jennifer, uh, Jennifer. Yeah, it's raining now and we can't hear nothing outside. So it's kind of scary. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll have an officer patrol that area and see what we can find. Out. Uh, I, just, I, I know. I mean, you guys might be able to find something. Animals to show might be able to find tracks or something in the morning. It's hard to find tracks on the barracks. Right right right. uh, right she said she's going to send a patrol around the area.
0: The man says right now, right, right. now. And
2: yes, yeah, she's involved. This is the light and patrol. the Get to Hawaii and sound your firing and will come yeah. out of the woods <clears throat> and talk to you. That's mm-hmm. good And guys, you guys have your tent set up at 151 in Calebra? Um, I mean, not exactly, but, yeah, I mean, it's no in the light. area. Just go to the light and sound the firing, light. and we would hear you where we're at. Love i love you, at 151 and 1604, right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay. All right.
0: All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Did you catch, um, most of that? I think I caught that, um... You know, I got to say, now that I've heard it, I I do feel like they might have heard something. Um and now I've lost my whole web page because I just closed it so it would be quiet. Sorry about that. I was going to see if there's anything in the comments. You can look up um I think it said San Antonio 911 call, Bigfoot 911 call. Look it up on YouTube. During the video there It was mostly audio, but they were definitely, they were actually showing a map and pointing to areas where these people were talking about, where they'd been camping apparently and where they thought they saw it. And then they spliced in some, you know, just Bigfoot pictures and stuff. But, you know, I have to say now that I listened to it, what do you think? I think that they might've been sincere. Uh, I wasn't sure what it was going to sound like what they would sound like, but definitely her husband there for real. I think he, he convinced me, he, he was like, I'm scared to death. And he was doing a lot of mumbling in the background. So that's why I, I don't know exactly everything he said and I'll try to find this webpage again, maybe I can put it in the show notes, but, um, he sounded he sounded scared to me. Did he to you? He he was doing a lot of mumbling in the background while she was trying to talk. At one point, he was, I couldn't understand a word, but he's, you know, in the background. I'm like, what? What is he saying? And then you could finally hear him. So, but did you hear the, the point where he said, I'm scared to death. I'm not going out there. And I swear at the one point he said, no, and she says it's a grizzly bear, you know, the size of a grizzly. And he said, but got big feet. So <laughs> I think that about sums that up. Got big feet. That, you know, that might be legit. They sound, and she does seem to hesitate about telling them exactly where they live. Well, I, yeah, I think that was correct. You know, that maybe they weren't supposed to be camping there. He said something about he'd lived outside the woods for six years, you know, and never seen nothing like that she told them though, I'm a homeless woman and I'm scared. And yeah, I'll see if I can find that link again and put it in the notes. So I got to hear that as the exact same time that you did, unless some of you listening may be familiar with this story, but that was the first time I ever heard that. And we got to do that together. And I don't know what else to say because I closed all the web pages. So that is pretty interesting. Uh, you know, drop me a line with your stories, srights at com, and I will read them on the podcast. Um, find me at podpinky on Twitter. Tell me what you think of this episode and these two 911 calls. Give me your opinions. They're both a bit older, but if you're into Bigfoot and all that, you've probably heard about it. Maybe you haven't. I don't know. Tell tell me your theories or if you know anything about these guys because this is not one of my, was not meant to be one of my deeper research episodes. I was just reading a story and followed a couple of links and there there were more links. Um, see, I got to find them again for you. I'm, I closed it. Damn it. What was I going to say? I'm just losing it now at the end here. I may have a really cool story soon from someone that I actually met today while I was doing his hair and it is the creepiest and funny and weirdest possible Bigfoot story I say possible because I don't well you'll find out hopefully I asked him to email it to me because I just know that I'm gonna forget the best details and he told the story so well and by the way I believe him I believe that he saw what he saw uh I mean I met I met him in person so I'm I'm eagerly checking my email waiting for that and which kind of prompted this episode like well let's do some bigfoot stuff now and there it is i'm not sure how to end this episode i'm just ramble 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 yeah that you know what that's it that's the end so like i said find me tell me your theories email me sroyd at com. thank you for listening Thank you for putting up with my scatterbrained at the end of this. And I'll just put shit in the show notes because somehow I'm just blanking now. I don't know what the hell is going on with my brain suddenly, but I've lost it. <gasps> Thank you for listening. pop